Welcome to Manage Tools. Today's topic, one-on-one scheduling guidance, part one of two. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Manager Tools. Now we get a lot of questions on one-on-ones, both on email and in the discussion forums. And we're happy that we do because one-on-ones are the heart of the management trinity. One thing that we found is that a lot of managers struggle with when to have their one-on-ones. Whose calendar takes precedent, what days of the week are best, all that kind of stuff. Well in this cast, we talk about all those factors, as well as the benefits of varying techniques that we've seen different managers use to schedule their one-on-ones. We finish this series with the single most important guidance regarding one-on-one scheduling that you'll ever hear. So stay tuned. Here we go with part one of two. This is going to be a great cast, kind of announcing that we'll be refreshing all of our management training casts in 2008. Um, you're right. I guess this is kind of just a, a teaser for for all the refurbishment we're going to do. Well, we felt for a while that all the original cast from the management trinity. Okay, uh, okay, but uh, just for those people, you know, I'm always amazed at people who join. And, and um, well, I shouldn't be amazed, but we, we, we think of this as being two and a half years worth of work. There are people who join tomorrow. There are people who joined the day after we did the body odor cast and... Um, you know, right. they, I wonder if they, what they thought about us. Um, but yeah, the management <laughs> trinity is one-on-ones, feedback, and coaching, for which each of which we have multiple casts, and then plus the fourth silent member of the trinity uh, delegation. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, good. So given that, we, we felt that they could use an update for quite some time now. I mean, for one, our, our sound quality is better. Yes. Um, but we've also gotten a lot smarter. We've answered a million questions in the forums and at client sites. But mm-hmm. in, in general, we've added to our knowledge base really across the entire board here. So, right. we, so we just feel another run at the classics is never a bad idea. And one-on-ones or O3s are where it all began. Well, almost. Uh, the, the first one we did, if you remember, is the uh, solution to a stalled technical career. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I think of the Trinity as being... Um, the first, but now, even though it wasn't the Trinity, which we did do, there was just the first one, right? right. It was, it's and, and then we did the Trinity came right after. I, 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 I do think that first one, um, was important for us. I think at that time, that was what, June or July of 2005, I think at that time, um, the audience, the po- audience for podcasting, the, the early adopters were definitely skewed technical. Um, and, and I don't know that we thought that when we put that cast together, it was just something that popped into our heads. We didn't have the strategic view of casts and how they fit together and so on back then. We just wanted to put something down on tape, so to speak. Yeah, uh, and apparently enough of the audience. I th- I think if we'd done a cast on music, um, that might not have generated the demand that we got early on. So people stuck around for a cast or two because of that first one. Yeah, well, I think when we did our first cast, we weren't 
absolutely positive we were, we were going to do a second cast. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sure. I mean, that, in fact, um, uh, one of Napoleon's um, maxims is attack and then look. <laughs> there you go. So, okay. So, so, but what I meant though about, you know, where it all began was, was both conceptual because you know, we really believe in good management being grounded in these kinds of basic behaviors. Right, right. Okay. And, and temporal as well. After that first cast, the next 11 casts, except the <laughs> show about us, were all about the four parts of the Trinity. And, um, and it's been two and a half years, so seems like a good idea. Good. Okay. Good. So, so let's, let's get to it. So what's, what's the plan today? Well, because we're going back to the basics, I think we ought to be manager tool centric and say we have 81 steps. <laughs> cool. Well, let me get my manager out here, my mind mapping software, and just let's just chart it all out. <laughs> that's that's good. Somebody needs to organize this stuff because, as one person said a couple years ago, it sounds like you're just talking really fast off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> we always do oh, that. sure we could do that. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. We've actually got, I think, really more than like ten or twelve points to make. But to make it easy, really, they fall into three broad categories. So we've got three parts to the cast. First part is the four-step process that managers go through that we recommend for scheduling one-on-ones. Okay. Part two is called There Is No Best Way, which is basically where we share many managers' experiences about how they schedule um, that we're always getting questions about. And, and so we have tons of data on that, and we want to share that with you. And then lastly, the third part, which is very brief, uh, right at the end, is the most important rule for scheduling one-on-ones. And we're going to wait till the end to tell them the most important rule. Yeah, I just, I, I just thought it would be kind of different, kind of neat. We've done something like that before, leaving a bonus comment toward the end and, and not revealing it until the end. Um, I think many people might be able to figure it out, but I just thought it'd be fun to do it. Um, you, you don't want, you, you want it, we can put it first. No, I just, I just wanted to help everyone validate that it was your idea. And when they get angry, <laughs> you get the notes, not me. So nice. Now that Very we, nice. Now that we've got that out of the way. Okay. Right. <laughs> so let's get started with the four step process for scheduling. Yeah. Let, let, let's just say one more time here that, um, one-on-ones are the single most effective and powerful management tool that we know of. There's a reason why they are because it's about, because, because if you want the very best from your folks, human beings will deny that to you unless you have a relationship with them that goes beyond role power, that goes beyond that sign that flashes on your forehead that says, watch out, I'm your boss. I could fire you. You may think you don't have that sign, but you do. And the more you recognize you have that sign, the smaller it becomes. It cannot go away, but the smaller it becomes. And uh, it is worth it. Uh, it wouldn't be a bit surprising to me, Mike, if we ended up with, at some point in the next couple of years, 10 casts on one-on-ones. Um, because spending more time on one-on-ones and getting better at them is almost always a better thing to do. Um uh, a great manager has to have relationships. We've, we've recommended and tried a bunch of different ways for managers to work on relationships with their folks. And, and we have found that one-on-ones is a sweet spot for 90% of managers. Now, if you don't care about a relationship with your directs, if you don't care if your boss treats you like crap, then that's fine. Don't do them. Um, but if you're going to do them, 
there are many, many subtleties involved. There are many, many things that we've learned. And so that's one of the reasons why we're adding this cast. I, I think we did spend a few minutes on scheduling guidance um, in, in our early cast, but, but not, not this 30 plus detail. minutes talking about the details. So, um, so I just wanted to make sure that everybody got how important one-on-ones are. If there was only thing, one thing, there's only one thing Mike and I could teach for the rest of our lives when it came to management, we'd choose one-on-ones. If we get everybody doing them, um, the world would be a much better place. Yeah. We would have achieved our goal of changing the face of management across the world. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Okay. That'd be pretty cool. Okay. So the four steps. Uh, I'll, I'll give them the, the first, I'll give the four steps overview and then we'll go through each one of them in more detail. Step one is to scan your schedule. Step two is to offer 1.5 X times for your directs to choose from. Okay. We'll get to that. Yeah. 1.5 X. Um, Step three is to allow your directs to choose. I think a lot of managers miss this. They just assign times. And step four, it's okay at that point to ask for a couple of changes. Cool. Okay, I, I really want to get to the 1.5x because it sounds mm-hmm. so weird. But let's let's start with number one, which is scan your schedule. What about that? Right. Um, look, it's pretty simple. We recommend you look through your calendar and eliminate those times that are already taken. Okay. So you, you look for your standing meetings. Like your boss is one-on-one with you. I mean, we can hope that you have one anyway. Um, your boss's staff meeting. Your staff meeting. Standing weekly or monthly project meetings. Larger staff or department meetings you have to attend. And and if you if you hear us focusing on meetings, it's for a reason. We've seen tens of thousands of managers calendars. All they have on them is meetings. We're not suggesting that's what should be on your calendar, and we hate the word should uh, when it comes to management anyway. Um, We just know that that's what is on your calendar. And so we know when we tell you to scan your calendar, that's what you're going to see blocks of time taken up for meetings. It's too bad that more managers don't have their primary priorities on the calendar, uh, unless you're the person who, who believes that their primary priority is meetings. Um, maybe if you're a real high eye, right, Mike? <laughs> right, right. Hey, I love going to meetings. There's all those people there in one place that I can talk to. Great fun. Um, um, but the fact is most people have meetings on their calendar, so I'm making, we're making that clear that we understand that. Um, now, look, of course, you've got to consider family issues. I'm sure at some point we'll do a cast regarding uh, calendar management, which our first rule about calendar management is is, um, uh, put family first in terms of blocking out your days. That'll be a fun one, I think. We'll probably get some pushback on that. And that might include days you come in late or leave early due to uh, to your children or your spouse or what have you. You've got to leave time for email. Well, uh, you know, it just occurred to me. Here I am violating my own rule, Mike. We, they don't need to leave time for email. They don't schedule email, right? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk about that too. Uh, but but if you do, hopefully no more than three times a day. And again, if you don't schedule email, well, sorry, you're so darn inefficient. Yeah. And we think buffer times are good planning as well. Yeah. Isn't it surprising? Remember the time that you and I were talking to somebody 
And and I, I, I want to say it was at MCI, and we were chatting, and somebody came up and said, hey, you know, I got to go in five minutes to go to the meeting. And, and we said, well, you, you know, you should have left the discussion like half an hour ago. They said, why? And we looked at them and said, well, you, you, you need buffer time. You got to go prepare. And he looked at us kind of funny, and I said, dude, this is, <laughs> this is your boss's boss's staff meeting. You're going to fill in for somebody or something, and... You don't have time on your calendar in advance to get prepared. You don't have a half hour buffer before the meeting. And I remember him looking from him to you, from me to you to me. And yeah, I think we had just told him he had two heads. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was a little, he was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you mean that's why you guys seem better than me in meetings? <laughs> well, not just that, but yeah. It, it helps. It's part and it's it. amazing what 15 to 30 minutes. Yeah, sure. What we mean by buffer times, folks, is just don't just cut out of your potential offering of one-on-one times to your directs. Don't just cut out those times that you can't make a meeting. In other words, in other words, if your boss's staff meeting is from one until two, don't block out just that time. Um, if you just want to make your bosses one-on-one... Uh, well, um, um, block out a half an hour before to get ready. And my recommendation would be to block out a half an hour after to deal with deliverables and transferring notes and all those kind of things. Um, in much the same way that monthly meetings tend to have, tend to have people come out of them. The behavior of most managers who are attending a standing monthly meeting is they come out of the meeting and they just basically drop everything on their desk and they get back to real world issues like today and tomorrow and next week. In the same way that no one actions anything from a monthly meeting immediately afterwards. Um, we do recommend that for those key weekly meetings like staff meetings and one on ones and so on that you, that you action those things fairly quickly and having time to do it rather than running back to your desk and dropping everything to deal with the line of people outside your office um, is not terribly effective. Yeah. So it, scheduling it, time before and after for those key meetings that you need to prepare for, um, it may even be a project leadership meeting, is an effective way to keep yourself from scheduling a one-on-one during a time when you really rather be doing something else or creating a potential conflict. Yeah. And hey, those of you who are thinking wisely will have those things on your calendar. Mm. If you just want to make your bosses one-on-one with you a 90-minute block, fine. But don't only have the 30 minutes on the calendar if you truly intend to prep before and follow up after. Yeah, I didn't, I, you're absolutely right. You've got. I can see the one-on-one time on their calendar, right? I could show you some sitting on my desk of... of Client managers, you know, one of the first questions we ask is, let me see your calendar. Um, and and they don't have the prep time on there. Yeah, I, I mean, It may be assumed, but it's not on there. Yeah, I, I think what we're asking folks, though, is, is to be a little predictive. You can look at your work week and there are patterns yes. that emerge. Like if your boss has, your, you know, her staff meeting with her boss on, you know, say Tuesday mornings, and every Tuesday morning at 1030 when she gets out of the meeting, you're running around like a chicken with his head cut off because of the things that came out of that. Then, then block off 30 minutes at the end of at 10:30 on Tuesday every week, so at least you have some you can predict what you're doing and schedule yep. around it. You know, be smart that way. Yep. Now, just let me just mention a brief process note here. It's about how we how I organize or how it's the the cast is organized. Our recommendations for what days work best for many managers come next in the, in the, there is no best way section, section two. Um, you'll certainly want to consider that guidance 
in the elimination process you do for your directs. Um, I don't think there's anyone listening to this cast that won't use some of those insights in determining what times to offer for one-on-ones. So we, we, we separated out because we wanted to just uh, uh, lump together all of the no best way uh, feedback and comments and data we have about the field. Um, and now a final point about, about scheduling. Um, we submit to you again that one-on-ones are the most important meetings on your calendar. Those who conduct them tell them that, tell us this all the time. Um, they're the meeting that effective managers never miss. So if they're the most important, they go on the calendar first. Okay? Okay. Now, that brings us to step two. Then The one I, I love just sounds so weird. Offer 1.5x. What are you getting at there? Yeah. I, I, I kind of learned this guidance in a, in a funny way, and it reminded me that sometimes – I just stink as a coach or a teacher or consultant or whatever. Um, a manager manager called me a few years ago and said, look, I've got a problem. Uh, you know, I've got nine directs. Uh, I went through my calendar. I eliminated times you weren't good for me. And the whole thing was laced with, I did what you tell me to do. I did what you tell me to do. I did what you tell me to do. And it's not working. <laughs> um, you know, um, I sent out the mail um, and I just can't get it to work. I asked some questions because I couldn't figure out what's going on. I asked some questions. This is a pretty smart manager, really. Um, and finally, he said, I can't get my nine directs to agree on which of the nine slots that I made available. Um, they can't agree on which one each one of them will get. Apparently, there were some that are more valuable to some of them, and they simply can't sort out the difficulties. Man, did I feel dumb. Um just because I hadn't been clear, this guy, this manager, was trying to fit nine people into exactly nine slots <laughs> based on the very limited, you know, um, he had plenty of time. He just chose the nine that he most wanted and then assumed that they would be able to just magically fit in. I, there was a part of it that was a case of, I think, mind over matter. I don't mind and you don't matter. Um, and, and look. To be clear, he's not the only one that this has happened to. I, I think it happens more frequently with those of you who would describe yourself, or let me put it differently, other people would describe yourself as a perfectionist boss. I think it happens with technical and engineering folks more often. So look, our guidance here is really simple, folks. Take the number of directs you have, multiply it by 1.5, and make that many 30-minute slots available. And if somebody sends me an email about what do I do if I have an odd number of directs <laughs> and that ends up with a funny number of 1.5 times, um, you know, whatever. Okay, okay. so to, to make it clear, if you have six directs, you're going to carve out nine slots, 1.5 times six. Yeah, and, and just to be even, yes, that's exactly what you're going to do. And just to be clear, you're not going to lose any more than six slots. You're going to get three of those slots back oh somebody can't pick two okay yeah right, kind of um look you've got to leave some wiggle room in there it's just a, it's this is a fundamental systems and and constraints problem okay you're not going to lose that fine that time you're going to get the time back um giving some people some flexibility might surprise you it's their time it, the focus of the one-on-one -on -one is on them you might as well let them choose we're not going to open it up Across the board, right? I mean, but but yeah, you 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 offer 
um, more times, 1.5 times as many slots as you actually need. Okay. Now, you know, one of the unwritten rules of this process is worth saying out loud here, I think. After you cut out those times that can't work for you, you do not simply open your calendar and let anyone choose any time. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is you get to pick certain times, 1.5x time, as many directs as you, you, know, you have, but this is not a free-for-all. You don't just open up your whole calendar up. Yeah, that happens. I mean, managers do do that, and and um, we just found it was it, it, it scared them. They were they were worried about it, and so I said, no, you don't you don't have to do that. In fact, um, you 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 can pretty you you can prescribe pretty pretty precisely one point five x where people are gonna are gonna do it. Now, if you get some pushback, there's nothing wrong with you know letting people. Um, uh, Ask for a, a different time, but look, you, uh, um, you you don't offer the exact right amount of time, nor do you offer everything up per your point. Exactly right. Um, there's always a possibility too that one of your directs will say something like, "Well, none of these work for me at all." I've generally mm-hmm. found that managers are pretty good at ferreting out whether a direct is just pushing back to push back, and they say things like, "None of these work for me." Um, or whether they have a legitimate conflict for all the times you've offered. I would be surprised, but it happens. Um, if they respond with a request for a different time, and they show you why the others don't work, and they seem motivated to have the time with you, I think you consider the request very openly. If they just seem to be stonewalling, and I say seem, trust your judgment. If they seem to be stonewalling, they don't share what those conflicts are that cause them to not be able to meet your time. And surely I suppose you could look at their Outlook calendar for many of their managers. Um, then ask them to look again and perhaps move something to meet the times that you've made available. And don't forget, when you send out your email, you don't have to make it up, right? You just go to our website. Um, um, in the podcast list, there's a sample one-on-one email text copy and paste that thing right into an email and then modify it for your own good. Yeah, we'll put a link to it on this podcast as oh, well. Oh, good, yeah. So, show good. Us so people can get to it. Well, there you go. We'll finish this up next week. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, concerns, whatever, feel free to stop by the discussion forums, www.managertools.com forward slash forums. We'll see you all again next week. So long. <laughs>